You're listening to an Irreverent Media Podcast. Go to irreverent.fm for more content from our friends. Hello, I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Kevin. And, and we're, we're your favorite, favorite aunts. aunts. We finally nailed it. We did it. Okay, we're two best friends who have a lot in common and a lot on our mind. And each week we're going to tell you what is on said minds, pop culture, Christian subculture, everything in between. And also we ask, uh, we answer some questions from listeners, people like you. And like your favorite aunts, we've got lots of opinions and a few drinks in us. Because it's, um, it's more fun that way, right? So let's get into <laughs> it. This is a new episode of Your Favorite Aunts. Big shout out to our friends who are watching us live. We do this um, most every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So, hey to Rachel, hey Philip, we're glad you're here. We're glad yes, you're hanging out. If, you, if you're watching this live, go ahead and leave us a comment if you're listening to us later on the podcast. Um, Leave us a comment also and tell us what you think about the show, you know? Ooh, and uh, rate and subscribe because that's really helpful for us as well, mm-hmm. um, which is so fun because our numbers have been growing. You people are so yeah. great to listen to us just chat. Yeah. I mean, and also, I mean, I, what, what do you mean just, we're not just chatting, Sarah. We're providing Sorry, helpful, yes. information. helpful information. Information. We yeah. are your favorite aunts which is a podcast that seeks to um become your favorite aunts yeah i ex- we expect to be your favorite podcast we expect to be your favorite aunts we expect um we expect a lot of things from you and when i age i expect to be able to live in your home yeah i don't see anything yeah. wrong with that no uh-uh. seems right um what are you so, sitting on today i want to know um actually so i am actually on red wine by snoop dogg Yes, 19 Crimes or 99 Crimes? 19, yeah. I love 19 Crimes. It's so good. I've had it myself. Right. Yeah, so I'm having iced tea as well. And then I also poured myself some wine just to, just to balance it out. Mm-hmm. I also sought to balance out what I was drinking. So I poured some white wine up to here mm-hmm. in my mason jar. And then I poured this little, that much on the fizzy water on top to make it like a little spritzer. A little spritzer? Stop. Make it with LaCroix, so you know it's gay. <laughs> you need to like have some sort of garnish. You know what, we need to have Colby on here. Colby knows how to garnish a drink. Colby knows how to do, Colby is, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I have a big crush on him, like professionally, personally. And yeah. I'm sh- I mean, I know his wife knows, this is probably not uncommon. No, um, it happens I'm sure all the time. Yeah, so, but yeah, Colby is, is really like a dude's dude. And I like Colby him. Martin, guys, check him out. Um, so, again, this uh, podcast is a podcast that is about answering questions. Is a podcast about how do we support each other. It's just like your favorite aunts sit around, they have a drink. Yeah. They talk to you Shoot about life, shit. and then they tell you their opinion. But we usually start out by how your aunt would start out by asking each other and our viewers, "How the hell are you doing, Kevin?" Mm. So, uh, me, um, and also if you're watching this, tell us how the hell you are in the comments. Um, I can't see the comments this week for some reason, so you're gonna have to be in charge of that. That's fine. I don't know why. We'll we'll we're, we'll figure it out. We're new to this. Yeah. Anyways, uh, how am I doing? Overall, I would say I'm doing quite well. I'm a little overwhelmed by the amount of work that I have said yes to because I sometimes say yes to too many things. But like, I am also like so happy to be 
to have something to do, like to be busy. It's, it's one of those things where like, I'm busy with all things that I want to be busy with. Like I didn't say yes to a bunch of shit thinking it was going to be overwhelming. I said yes, knowing that it was going to be a little bit challenging, but I feel like I, I know that I can do it. I've, I've done it before. So um, it's just a lot of balancing things, a lot of doing things myself, um, specifically putting a tour together um, and trying to get Which all Which is the- going to be incredible. It's very exciting. Um, Austin tickets are available, LA tickets, and I'm excited to share if you haven't seen my Instagram story that our dear friend Brenda Marie Davies is going to be uh, one of the other speakers at Wonderfully Made LA, along with Rachel. Rachel. Oh my God. Rachel Held Evans is going to be there in spirit, we know. <laughs> oh, Sarah, good. Reverend always Sarah good. Heath, is also going to be there speaking. Maybe you've heard of her. Have you heard of her? I've heard of her. She sounds great. Yeah, wonderful gal. Um, um, so, yeah, so overwhelmed. Yeah, a little overwhelmed, but like, mostly happy like i i have a hard stop i like again i'm still working on my thing of like i only do three projects a day i love uh, that because I, I can't do any more than that so granted like you know it takes uh longer to get things done but also like i'm not as overwhelmed as i used to be so i also feel like my skin is also like looking pretty good today i didn't put any makeup on just you know maybe some brows but like i'm pretty happy with how I'm feeling right now. So it looks great. Yeah. How are you, Sarah? How the hell are you, friend? You know, this week has been one where uh, I spent some time yesterday doing nothing, which mm-hmm. is really hard for my personality. And um, I have got a lot on my plate too. Some stuff that I'll be able to talk about next week, but can't mm-hmm. talk about this week. Ugh, NDAs. Um, so I've been working on this uh, thing that I've been working on will end next week. And um, so that's kind of been just sitting with me heavily. And then I, I think I shared last week, I listened oh, to Oh, you podcast. get to talk, you're gonna be talking about the thing, the thing, thing that you can't talk the thing, about. Thing. Oh, the thing, right, okay. And I know yeah. that sounds very vague. I don't know what you're talking about for sure. No, you are on my board. You can know what I'm talking about. Oh, you but, had to have um, a board, neato. Yeah, you were, if I told you, then I had, you were part of the NDA. But, Great. um, so that's gonna come to an end uh, next week, which is a lot of pressure and great and good. And I'm excited uh, because it means that I can start to start moving into the next um, phase for me, which is that uh, July and August, I'll be living in Bend, Oregon to work oh. on an Airstream. But before that, guys, I get to do my final service at my church that I adore, but I'm ready to you know give the reins to someone else. And I get to speak at an event with you, which I'm so excited because this week was one of those things where you kind of gave us the the topic of wonder and uh, God, the universe, however you want to say it, has been putting like all these wonder mm-hmm. um, things in my head. And so I've maybe some this, like, wonderful weird... things. Wonderful. Um, yeah. So there's that's all been popping up. But yesterday I just shut down. And then I have I think last week shared that I listened to a podcast about women who have ADHD and um, I was diagnosed two years ago with ADHD as well as having OCD. OCD I was diagnosed with in college after an eating disorder. And I read, I've read, i read and listened to so much content in the last three days about ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I'm both feeling seen and also um, I think it took me a long time to accept that this is how my brain works. Yeah. And the person that I've been listening to lately is saying that it is not um, – don't think of it as a disorder, just a difference. And I think yeah. uh, I 
don't say it lately when I say your friendship and some other folks who, in our lives who live with ADHD have taught me so much about I have lived in shame about how my brain works and overcompensated in some pretty like gnarly ways, um, perform, perform and mm-hmm. learning all this sort of stuff. So there's this 13, they, they send these thing, this thing to you when you sign up for this group of badass women who have ADHD. There's 13 things that are true of people who have ADHD. And I got to tell you, the 13th one made me giggle so hard. It said people who have ADHD look 10 years younger usually. And that is what the feedback I often get is that I look a lot younger than I am. So I'm going to take that. So ADHD, Mm. you are difficult, but you have given us that. Man, maybe it's because like our brain is just burning off all of something. And so just like I keep sort of, you know, rather than like, you know, if you're a nasty person, it comes out of your skin. But really, if you're just a, you know. It says that it's because we're young at heart and we're always curious and we often are very. Oh, so it's not like a scientific thing. It's just like maybe. Is that just like a statistic? No, it is a statistic. That is a scientific statistic, but they're trying to figure out why. So they're oh. saying that potentially it's because we are young at heart and we like engage in curiosity and uh, activity. And so. So it's like there's like there's a correlation, but we don't know the causation. Correct. Yes, scientist. Listen, sometimes I know a few words here and there. I'm impressed. Anyway, all that to say yesterday when I was feeling like I wasn't getting a lot done, I had a moment where I just said, you know what? This is where you're at right now. And uh, you have had external voices telling you to go, go, go your entire life. And now it's time for you to learn that you are Mm -hmm. going to listen to your own inner voice. And my own inner voice yesterday said, you know, what is primary for you right now is you had two meetings in the evening and you showed up for those and you were present to those and you were ready. And I feel like today I'm going to get a lot of stuff done. Um, all that to say, I also feel overwhelmed and it's hard. And yet I feel like it's necessary. That's a lot of words. You have your knife again. Yes. Your goodness. I just want to okay. cut the cords to stress in our life. Cut them. <laughs> yeah. But here, actually, the knife is a great introduction because usually what we like to do is we begin by asking, has anyone answered the question of how they are? We have a few people. Rachel says, glad it's Friday. Uh, needs a hot bath. Uh, mm. When they get home. I just have one. Listening to y'all while they're typing at work. Well, hopefully we don't get you in trouble for listening to us at work. Jeff says, just finishing up some chili and cinnamon roll prep. Wait, is the chili with the cinnamon roll? Just wanted to see his... Are you... You know what I'm saying? prepping? Like... I- yeah, like do those things go together? I feel uncomfortable about that. But also like No no sh- no shot A if you like it. Um and Katie apparently is child free right now and will totally be Ooh. someone's aunt or grandma and can totally come visit. And wow, you're really opening up a whole lot, Katie, to like strangers on the internet. Wow. But if you've got the heart for it, hospitality is it. a gift. It is a gift. Um I'm glad to hear that everyone's doing all right and at least you know, if you're at work and you're listening to us right now, if you want to put your boss on, we'll tell them how great you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Please do. Um, but yeah, so people, we're glad that you're here. Now we have huh, the the point, we've come to the point in the show where we have some things to talk about. This is a part of the show called The Airing of Grievances. And at some time in the future, we're going to have a fun sound or something and maybe a transition oh, that plays. Oh, we need a sound. Also, your knife is helpful, but we need like a sound. Mm-hmm. Can the- I... Can you can what, Sarah? Can I launch it off? Can I say the thing? Yeah, Sarah, the you can are... launch it off. What? A, you can launch. You can launch I it know. off. I know. 
I don't know. I say words sometimes. Um, firing squads. What the actual F? Um, we are context. firing squads again? Context. Nobody knows what you're talking about. I know. I'm sorry. I just had to get that off my chest, and now I'll say what it is. So because they are unable to have um, uh, states that still have uh, the death penalty, don't have the supplies to be able to do the death penalty in the in the way that's often been done, which is through lethal injection. And so now they're bringing back firing squad, firing squads mm -hmm. in South Carolina. And I think it is. South Carolina is the first one that has passed that, but there are others that are suggesting the same. And there's also like, there's also, I believe the ACLU is already suing. Um, Thank. I mean, it's just, it's the statistic of how many people are on death row that are not, mm. you know, that are innocent. Like the idea of shooting. Oh, I just, anyway, so there it was. You just what? Really fired up about what that. do you feel? I just get so frustrated because it's usually these people who are so pro-life and yet they'd be willing to shoot somebody like, what is the point where you no longer care about life? When, when is it? See, now that is what you needed to say, Sarah. Thank not just, you, I don't, don't know. Point me. Well, no, I'm know, not pointing a knife at you. I'm pointing and I'm emphatically gesturing. Okay, perfect. Point is this, friends. Uh, I am actually against the death penalty for lots of reasons, and we can get into that. But I'm particularly against this version mm -hmm. of the death penalty. I am against the death penalty because it is stating that um, that person is beyond redemption and that's not mm -hmm. my goal or rule. Like, I, I'm not allowed to say that. Uh, I am also somebody who is for the abolition of prisons, which and imagining a different kind of state where uh, we create houses of rehabilitation versus um, imprisonment and figuring out how to reintegrate people into society. And people say that that's a mad and crazy thing, but you know what? Other countries are doing it and they're doing it really well. And I come from because one of those. Prisons do not help stop crime. In fact, they just traumatize people and send them back out into the world after traumatizing them for how long? Which then creates someone who is incapable and some sometimes incapable of reentering, incapable of mm -hmm. living anything other than a trauma person who causes trauma on others. Like, mm -hmm. hello. So, whew. And it feels very you, simple. Mm -hmm. Or it should be. All right. So you want to talk about the next one? <laughs> so are you done? Is it concluded? I am. I'm concluded my, my grievance. How, how did that feel? My favorite part is when you just said just... And I also think it's it's important to point out how oftentimes the people who are in favor of this would call themselves pro-life would call yeah. them and the thing is just like you don't actually care about someone's life you care you've been fooled pro and, yeah you are pro cell in a human but like you care more about one cell in the human body than the woman who got raped frankly mm -hmm. you don't care mm -hmm. about the and also you don't care about that baby after it pops out of the womb you don't give a shit mm -hmm. about that like you won't you won't vote for you won't vote for like you know any sort of healthcare. increases to help you won't vote for health care you won't vote for universal childcare. You won't vote. F you don't. You're not voting for this child. You're voting to control bodies. And what this does is it perpetuates a system of poverty. Well, and the thing that I think is really important for everybody to note, um, whenever the abortion is more outlawed. By, by the way, Mississippi's going after it. My my home oh my state. Oh my god! So is Texas. 
And uh, here's the deal. That doesn't actually stop abortions. There are statistically more abortions. They're just not done well. And they're not like it's people are harmed. There's also the fact that uh, those who are wealthy still still get their little problems taken care of. It's oh, yeah. The, it doesn't. If you're if you people. are rich, mm-hmm. if you have money, you will always figure out a way to get yourself taken care of because you can pay for the health care. But if you make it illegal and like, here's the thing, like tougher abortion laws don't cut down on abortions, sex education, comprehensive sex education and access to contraceptives is what makes abortion numbers go down because you get the number of unwanted pregnancies down, which is tip actually the thing that you want. Right. (sighs) But what do we know? We just look at, we just look at the data and statistics and like, you know, draw a conclusion that's based on logic and, and reason, you know, small things. My mom says in her cute little way, she says, some people will not be confused by the facts. Absolutely. I will not be confused. (laughs) Um, Speaking of being confused by the facts, um, there was a pastor over um, this past week who tweeted out, uh, and I quote, in my experience, uh, in my in my experience as a pastor, colon, Mm -hmm. people who leave the church do so because they want usually because they want to have sex with someone that the Bible says they can't. And right. I had two things about this. Oh, I also saw something about like like someone saying like the deconstruction phenomena, and like this is I guess this is just kind of like like phenomena. Sorry, exactly. Um, I think this is kind of like a read slash a kind of just a grievance against like all of these churches and the the gospelcoalition.com, you know, starting to like co opt you know, deconstruction language and experience and say, no, 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 this is actually what you're going through. You don't fucking know what I've gone through. You've also not Mm -hmm. been here. Also, why do you think that I care what you, like this is, I think it's twofold. On the one hand, I don't care what you think, but what's funny is that the way that people react is if they do care what this one pastor thinks. So this is like twofold. A. Okay. It highlighted yeah, again. It, it highlighted for me A, this person's out of their depth. This is very annoying. This is not pastoral. This is not kind. This guy really right. doesn't know what he's talking about and he's like saying something harmful. The reason people are leaving the church, there's not a phenomenon. I put this on Twitter and or Instagram today. It's not a phenomenon. It's actually it just makes sense. We see what's happening because the church has done done people dirty and that's why they're leaving. Point blank period. Um but what was interesting to me is like, It makes it sound like people don't have minds. Yeah. You make it sound like the people who leave the church are fucking idiots. They don't know what they're doing. I'm like, you know, your recruitment numbers are already bad. So like, <laughs> um, but like the thing about, so like the, the thing that got me though, is it got me thinking was like, okay, why are we reacting to this pastor who has a couple thousand followers? He's in the middle of Tennessee, nowhere Tennessee. I think it was like Lebanon, Tennessee, where his... Well, I know where Lebanon is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he doesn't actually affect your life. Like this person yeah. actually does not have, have the power to hurt you. But the way that we react sometimes on the internet, and again, I'm not saying that the reaction is wrong. I'm just saying it's data to respond to because. Do you, do you think it's because people, it's trauma? Oh, like, absolutely. That's what I'm about. That's what that I'm leading pastor- towards. 
Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. That pastor it. reminds you of somebody in your past. They're saying the exact same things as someone in your past. It's the internal mm-hmm. monologue that you are still telling, that you still have going on, where you still feel shame, and that person triggered your shame. And so what you have to do is recognize that what he's saying is irrelevant. Like, why? this mm-hmm. is something my mom says to me, said to me when I was really young, when someone was making fun of me at school. Now, granted, I think that there could have been a, maybe a slightly more compassionate approach, maybe, but it really stuck with me. It was just like, what's that kid saying at school? Is it true? Well, no. Well, then why do you care? And it seems like so simple, but it really did inform just like, A, we do need to care because we do need to speak out against injustice. But also I think, I I wonder if there is like, how many of us are reacting uh, from our trauma rather than responding to just somebody who's speaking poorly. Um, And I also think that like the more that we like, the more you retweet and interact with someone, the more traumatic shit gets in front of other people. So why not... I mean, this, this, this is the, and this is like, you know, my push and pull because I'm also somebody who like, I love to get into it with people on the internet, but like, I really, I am having this shift recently. I'm just like, I think we should stop paying attention to them. Stop paying attention to the idiots. Speak out when we need to, you know, but like, I think more than like speaking out against people, like we will have a movement just testify to your own life. Show up as yourself. Be like, you don't have to like, fight against something that can't threaten you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like a uh, pastor came back and said, uh, well, it was, I'm talking about my experience in my experience. And that was the reaction, right? In my experience, I have blah, blah, blah. And I think that in some ways that's good, right? Like it's good that he recognized like that it's coming from their experience. But again, it was said like a blanket statement. No, he was, and, and the thing is like the way he was putting it was like, I think was like a little bit straw man. He's like, notice how I said it was my experience. It's really interesting how everyone's getting mad about my experience. I'm just like, no, 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 no. What you did was kind of put this thing over there. No, you said in my experience, colon, and then you made a statement as if it were a fact. You guys just like, Mm -hmm. if you did like, in my experience, a lot of people who leave the church do this thing. And then like, but you still you didn't ask a question. You didn't say, "Is this your experience? What do you think?" It, it's a, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, my experience statement, no curiosity. It's not a both and. I it's think, not a yes and. It's ooh. a. Let's pause there with that moment of curiosity. I think that is the thing that is lacking in so many places. Is people make assumptions. They've decided this is the thing, and there is a lack of curiosity about the real, like about the person. There's a lack of curiosity about what people are saying. It's just like, I am saying this thing. And this is a little bit like, it almost reminds me, you'll love this. It almost reminds me of Britney Spears back in the day saying, I never asked to be a role model. Hello. Yeah, but you are. Um, I never, you know, as a pastor, I never thought that like my words would, you know, ripple so much. Mm. I never thought, I never thought. The truth is, is we know, we know. I know mm. that my words are different than other people's words at this point until I leave ministry, right? It's going to always Well, even after that, like, way. Like, even beyond that, I think just, like, when we recognize what power do we hold, you mm. know? It's a re- it's yeah. a lack of recognition of power. Yeah. Yep. So there it is. Uh, I think there's a couple of things that I want to just re- – I love what you said, this idea of, like, we're giving this person power, mm. right? By Don't retweeting, by them. getting super engaged in it. Whew, right? Mm-hmm. And also, I think 
caregiving for other people sometimes looks like a, like going after the person if you feel like they're harming other people. But if you can recognize yourself like, oh, okay, this is something I could step yeah. away from. Yeah. And this is not saying like reacting to it is right or wrong. I'm saying what I'm experiencing now mm. is I don't want to spend every single every uh, until not reacting. The, yeah, until the evangelical church like dies out, there are going to be people saying stupid shit. So rather than like, and the question really is, what do I want to feel here? Do I want to feel peaceful or do I want to let this feeling carry me away? And so for me, like what I recognized, I actually waited. I did respond to him. Like I tweeted back at him. You did? Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't retweet. I didn't quote tweet it. But I just said, I just responded and I was like, now I'm going to be done. And weird as it sounds, I prayed for him a little bit too. I said, Lord, open his eyes so that he could see what bullshit he's perpetuating. I mean, I feel like that's actually, that doesn't sound weird to me at all. It's a release, right? Mm -hmm. I've, I've put out, you know, Richard Ward talks about this idea of like, what are we putting out into the world? Sometimes mm -hmm. other traditions use this idea of energy. What's the energy that we're creating what are we doing? Are we creative? Or um, mm -hmm. I love Dr. Robin calls this generative work. Mm -hmm. Are we creating? Or are we tearing down? So mm -hmm. generative work in that moment was, okay, this is the thing. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with it. I'm done. And then I release it. And then I can go create what is something that might be seen in opposition of it. Like the truth of the matter is, yeah, people are leaving the church because they want to sleep with people in a way that is holistic and true to themselves Hello. and whatever. And if you can't create those spaces, then I don't even know the name of the pastor. I'm going to say Toby. That just feels right. I don't Toby. Pastor <laughs> Toby. Doesn't that feel right? Um, I think that there's just this sense of like, okay, all right. Um, now I can create a space where people who that comment was obviously subtweeted at what I feel like is a good friend of his left his church and he needs a reason. Um, Ooh, you better call out his trauma, mama. He's <laughs> like, it's like, who hurt you? Who <laughs> hurt you? That's my favorite thing to say to people. Um, who hurt you? Yeah, it's but like, I, feel... dude, I bet you he had a gay friend who came out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet you. It's literally a subtweet. It's like a personal subtweet that should have been a conversation. Mm. That's the other thing. Don't tweet when it should be a conversation. I've been guilty of it. It's not fun, especially when your friend texts you and say, hey, was this about me? Ooh, ain't nothing more embarrassing than that. Mm -hmm. So, like, rather mm -hmm. than do it, just just tag a person. If you're going to do it, say it with your whole chest or don't say it at all. Ugh. Mm. So the last thing I think we should talk about, realizing that we need to get into the question and answer period. But are you ready? It's a huge Are you doing this online? You were I'm, eating? I'm, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm sorry. I'm hiding my vegetables over in the corner. And I'm over here eating uh, pasta. But... Thank God I'm muting it. Otherwise, you would hear like the mouth sounds. People might like that though. I learned asimer. about that. Asimer. Thank you. Asimer. Well, it's um, ASMR, but I call it Asimer. Israel, Palestine. Thank God for the, the ceasefire, but Jesus Christ, like, I hate it. The you, Joe, you signed a 52, what, $58 billion, million dollar, like some giant ass, like, contract. Like, literally, America is a war profiteer. America yeah. is a war profiteer state. And not like, ugh, there's so much to say. And it's more, guys, it's more nuanced than our media tells us. I spent some time on the Gaza when I was in college studying mm -hmm. um, 
conflict and peace and I got to tell you, it was wonder. It was an incredible program where we heard from both sides, and it was just, it was incredible. And it, you realize how our media shows us people who are throwing rocks as mm-hmm. terrorists versus against these like hu- you know huge mm-hmm. military thing. But then there's like the, all this history of what happened after post World War II and people trying to like care give for people. Like it's just, it is way more messy than we like to think it is. Mm-hmm. And we, I need to say this. It's important to say it. Christians, hmm. evangelical Christians who want to sign on to Zionism. We Gee. ain't bringing Jesus back. We are not nope. bringing Jesus back. Also, you're claiming you're caregiving for Jewish people when you don't even think Jewish people are going to join you in the afterlife. Yeah. You're there like, literally just... Out. Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis <laughs> pointed that out. And I was like, yes, exactly. So here's the deal. Get educated. Read. Read from multiple sources. Mm-hmm. And then... It's appropriate to get angry when our our systems are continuing to perpetuate violence and not understanding that this is this is a long and difficult mm-hmm. story. And one of them is incredibly a superpower with weapons and weaponized. Mm-hmm. And the other one is actually not. Mm-hmm. And also, for those of you who are like, yeah, but I just want to take the Christian stance who I stayed with when I was in Gaza were Palestinian Christians. Palestine is not a religion. It's a people group. And however you feel about that, there are various religions within Palestinian people. Just just do the work of learning. Put yourself in the curiosity chair. Ask, is this what I think it is? Mm-hmm. Get curious. And also, curious. the thing about it is, is if anything this last year with the Black Lives Matter movement has taught Americans, people don't get in the street and protest for no reason. Mm-hmm. People do not engage in serious conflict without reason. I think that's what a lot of people like, they want to like, just like, oh, they're just the terrorists are just terrorists because they believe in terrible things. It's like, no, people become extremists when they are, when they believe they have no other option left. And we can both say on both sides, do not kill, killing kids, killing civilians. I mean, killing anybody. Like, you know, I'm somebody who is as pacifist as they come. You know, I'm at, frankly, I'm very like, I grew up military and I am against the military industrial complex with all of my heart. I love my, my friends who are soldiers. I just hate anything that thinks that it it has the power to destroy other people's lives. And it just like, and when little, so when I was 20 and I was on the Gaza Strip, I was playing with these little kids and I was playing soccer and they'd never like really seen a girl play soccer. And so I was sweating and sitting beside this little boy and he had, uh, he had been shot in a crossfire situation. So he had bullet wounds on his thing. And then he was telling me about something and his English was pretty good. And he was talking about throwing rocks. And I remember I asked him, I said, why do you throw rocks at the soldiers? And he looked at me in perfect English and said, Sometimes when you're treated like a dog, you act like a dog. And I looked at him and I said, you are not a dog. Mm-hmm. Friends, mm-hmm. do your research. Understand that a lot of the soldiers that are in that area of the Gaza don't speak English. Or, I'm sorry, don't speak Arabic. They don't speak the language of the people that they're supposed to be like policing. It is it is a trauma it is a difficult place, and we are treating humans like 
dogs. Mm -hmm. And then we are surprised when they bark back. And so I would just invite you to learn a story. And thus ends the grievances. <laughs> thus <laughs> I had a lot of the feelings today. Listen, as as people who I think that we are now moving into the realm of political, cultural, and uh, celebrity oh, commentary. No. Come back to me. I'm here. Don't worry. Oh, celebrity commentary. Tell I me think your celebrity I, commentary. No, I was I was saying that I think that our podcast is moving into the realm of like political and social commentary, and I think that's very interesting. Um, we were charting for a minute in where was it Australia on <laughs> on relationship. <laughs> Anyways, not to completely change the entire mood, but to shift. But also, to change the entire mood. No, it's not to change the entire mood. It's just to engage in a separate topic. Separate, but equal. You hear anything? Um, this is the part of the show where you, we, you're asking your aunts, ask your favorite aunts. And so specifically today we were like, Hey, let's talk about what does dating after the pandemic look like? What is dating now? Which again, like is a big switch from what we got. Um, so I also have a question in the, um, in the inbox, not about that. Um, but I do. So like two questions, we'll start off with dating after pandemonia and then maybe we can get into this other question if we have time. Um, so the question I got in my inbox on my side is, uh, do you have any tips for dating as a demisexual in a hookup culture world? <laughs> I feel attacked. When that came up, I was like, ooh, ooh. For those of you just joining the show, I discovered that there is a name for my sexuality. Are you? I are you a, go ahead. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm a demisexual. If, if you, I fit the... Here's the thing. If you think you are, you probably are. I'm it's like red. It's like why it's also just like, you know, just like you say, I think I might be gay. I'm just like, girl, if you're wondering. You is. So demisexual, from my understanding of it, is people who are not sexually attracted to people that they don't know really well. Or don't the thing it, is I'm attracted to, but I don't want to engage in any sort of sexual behavior yeah. with someone who's not someone I know really yeah. well. So demisexual people, from what I also understand, is like they don't usually, like you can have a sexual attraction but not want to act on it. Uh, like it's like one of those things, they don't usually want to have some sort of sexual experience and might not even experience sexual attraction until they build a uh, emotional connection with somebody. And usually it's from the emotional connection that... Uh, the desires and you know desires to want to go further usually appear um and so uh, as i was describing this to sarah louisa jane heath i was like hey like have you ever considered the possibility that you might be demisexual you know and you know and that also means like, i was like i am not into demi more i'm just kidding that was really <laughs> <laughs> actually the, the majority of people who are demisexual happen to be into demi lovato it's different i'm just kidding <laughs> Um, only into types who look like Demi Lovato. Um, no, but like that was just something that uh, I posed and just like it's something that's like, huh, it could, it could be. Yeah, what do you do? 
And especially like, so there's this great commercial, um, Mike and Jenny McCarg showed me it the other day. It's for gum and it has these people who are hearing for the first time that the restrictions are being lowered. Uh, and so they chew this gum and then they run out into the street and then everybody is making out with everyone. Have you seen this commercial? No, because that sounds fucking insane to me, but also exciting. It's really cute. And it's like, um, is it, it feels like the first time or something. The song that's playing is so good. And they're like running and then people are like, like running into their offices, putting on their work clothes and like just screaming and they're putting gum in their mouth. And like, it's like one guy's eating like a rotisserie chicken and he puts it down. He just like runs into the street. And, um, I think that a lot of people are, are like, oh my gosh, this summer I'm going to date like a crazy person. And then some people who are like, I never wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what that question came from. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it goes, I think when someone says hookup cult in a hookup culture world is <clears throat> you, what we are assuming this goes again and assuming a norm and something mm -hmm. might be. So like, for example, casual sex might be understood to be a normative thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's normal because normal is subjective. Normal is the moving target. So my, my suggestion is uh, if you want a date, you should go on a date. That's really <laughs> it. And if you don't want to have sex with someone, you shouldn't have sex with them. I and just kind of and just kind of make that you can make that clear in your dating profiles too as you're going along like as you're talking to someone if like the first thing they say is like hey let me get that coochie like what you do is be like nah um block report that's disgusting i mean like if you find that disgusting then tell them hey i find that approach to women disgusting and you should have more respect for a stranger yeah so one of the things that uh kevin and i talked about last night is me trying to learn how to date again is hysterical. And what we think should happen is just I give different dating apps to different mm -hmm. friends and mm -hmm. then they just control it and then I just show up. Yeah, we just show up for the date and sorry, we, you. And I mean, then, you'll probably be in my ear. Like if hopefully, <laughs> like, you know, we'll um we'll uh we'll you'll have one ear in and say, Oh, it's my hearing aid. <laughs> sorry. Hold on. Wait, I shouldn't say that. Do I say that? No, what you, oh, what you got to do is you got to get like the AirPods Pro that have the like, uh, I don't know, like, I, I don't know. Just like, yeah, they have the thing where it helps me hear. Here's the best part is like, I used to be good at dating. I was good in college. Okay. Go right in if you dated me in college. Okay. I was, like I used to like know what I was doing and I feel like I'm I'm relearning. And I well, think everyone's that's the thing. relearning. Well that's the thing is because again, we think that we're good at dating. And what is what is good at dating means I'm just I'm having fun. I'm going out and enjoying another person's presence. I'm enjoying being with them. That's what being good at dating means. You know? It's like the ability yeah. to just feel comfortable. And in your own skin, in and of yourself, regardless of what somebody else across from you is feeling. Or doing yeah. or saying. It's owning your space. It's owning. I think I want to also be honest that uh, as we talked a little bit about deconstruction earlier, um, people who are coming out of a religious tradition where a lot of things were um, like the world does hookup mm -hmm. culture. Yeah. They actually, you actually believe that the whole world does hookup culture. That's not and true. And then only only Christians are the ones who are not doing hookup culture. But the truth is, is that's not true. Yeah. Um, Shout out Carl Lentz, baby. 
But I mean, also like there are lots of people in the world who don't have a religious background who are going to be okay with you saying, Hey, this makes me really, you know, I'm someone who moves slow and they're also going to be someone who's okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just I just want to encourage people who are coming out of something that makes them feel like, hey, I'm going to be the weirdo in this mm-hmm. world that I don't understand. And that's not necessarily true. It's like the fact is like every single person you meet is a weirdo in a world that they don't understand. Like that's the thing. Everyone is just as scared as we are, but we're just all. And also there are some people who are having as much sex as as you think they are. The majority of people are not. <laughs> that's the thing i think there's like this like, this weird perception that everyone out there is just like you know fucking like rabbits out there uh but the, the the fact of the matter is is like the average like amount of times like the average number of partners for people is like what eight or nine over the course of a lifetime maybe probably less unless you're a slut like me which i am having as much sex as you think i am it's not much to say, <laughs> No, but I did actually have a lovely encounter recently um, with a vaccinated gentleman. I love vaccinated life. Everyone should get vaccinated. That's my advice. Yes. That's my advice for dating as a demisexual person. Get vaccinated. And then you can do whatever you yeah. want. Or not. I, I also think the advice, if is if we go back to the start, the advice is this. Be honest. With mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. With other people. Always. I think... We have learned how to like, especially women, we learned how to like fit into certain boxes, like, or even like, I think about um, a couple of my friends in the queer community say like, I really, like, I look at the, what queer men are expected to do. And I just, I'm not that. And I'm like, expected to do from where? That one terrible movie, the one show. From the empire, from like, there's a thousand, like, that's the thing. You're exactly right. Is there is- And then you have Shit's Creek where you see a couple uh-huh. who are, you know, and not that monogamy has to be the way, but like you've got these, you've got this thing that no one talks about that is beautiful and a different narrative because the truth is there's a lot of different narratives out there. So the only story you have to worry about is your own and the person that you're meeting, like you don't want the person who's not going to understand that you don't want to hook up with them right away. That is not your person. Mm-hmm. Ta-da! I just want to say, Sarah, just make sure you remember what? your own advice too. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I guys, it has been. I have, but that's the best thing woo. about like. Here's the thing: is that uh, this is the reason I like doing this show with you is because just like, uh, I need the, we are becoming the kind of people who can follow our own advice now. You know, and that's something like that's worth celebrating. That's growth, Sarah. I'm growing. Look at and, me. And you know, not to get all course in miracles, but a course in miracles says that a, an idea is stronger when shared both in the person who gives the idea and within the teacher of God themselves. I love that. So I like that. Uh, we've got one question in the inbox. I'd love to, um, you want to dive? Yeah. Cause we don't have that much time. My, the question that I had that someone had that I thought would be a good one. Oh, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. No, I think we answered it. it was really like, how do you address this whole idea of vaccination? It's the same as, um, radical honesty. Mm-hmm. You just say, "Hey, I only want to spend time right now with someone who is vaccinated." Because, oh yeah, if or whatever. Listen, if the person, oh yeah, so like vaccination, like don't date people who aren't vaccinated. You could kill them. That's just, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I cannot go on a date with you because I could kill you, or <laughs> I could inadvertently, like you know, what I'm saying, 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay, what's the question on your inbox? Uh, the inbox is actually not about dating, which I think is okay. That's fine. Um, we can shift again. Look at us. Growth. Um, so this co- comes from the reach from the with the the ask your favorite aunt at gmail.com inbox. And we're gonna call this person Tallulah. And Tallulah <laughs> asks, how do you start a conversation slash find out if someone is in a similar situation, re deconstruction and religious trauma? I don't bring up these topics with churchy people I grew up with, uh, just for my own peace. I don't have a desire or energy to get into it. Close friends on Insta used to uh Close friends on Insta gets used to a lot of, wait, close friends on Insta gets used a lot. Oh, gets used a lot to avoid the judgment of other people. Okay. So on her, on her Instagram, uh, she sends it just to oh, them to avoid. she's starting things. Got it, got Yeah. It. She's not close sharing friends. them publicly just with close friends on Insta. Okay. I asked this because as a kid, I had a best friend who was similar to myself, raised in the church, both homeschooled, same age. She moved out of the state several years ago and we lost contact. But I get a vibe that she's not enmeshed with her family who are still in the church we grew up in. I like to ask her about this stuff, but at the same time, I don't want to get start anything triggering for her if she is in the space of religious trauma. But I also guess I'm scared uh, that her reaction would be along the lines of churchy people that I'd rather not deal with. What would you do? Thanks, Tallulah. You sit down beside them in a bench and you draw half a fish. Mm-hmm. And if they draw, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you you go up to them and like you say, hey, have you heard of the Romans Road? Um, I think what you do is a little bit of self disclosure. Yeah, and and just see how safe it is. Start with something that's not going to hurt you. If you say, mm-hmm. like, where the rejection isn't going to, yeah, like you got to know where. You maybe to. maybe you mention the podcast that you're listening to called Your Favorite Ants or two, you know religious people talk about deconstruction and they're like oh what's that oh you know deconstruction is like when you start asking questions about your faith and there's a lot of people out here who like blah blah, you know just explain it and maybe because maybe they are maybe they're going through deconstruction and they don't know it because they've never had the term given to them maybe you are the evangelist here i think there's always an opportunity to self-disclose in a way that feels safe and good to you Mm -hmm. say I have been, I've been reading this or thinking this or, and the number of times people will meet you halfway and say either, oh, what is that? And you can read people's curiosity, right? Typically. So if you're sitting with your friend and um, you, you share, hey, like I really enjoyed whatever, or I read whatever, and then you get a feedback from them. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think the thing that I heard in the email that was interesting to me is you don't actually have control over how they experience what you're asking them. You are mm-hmm. not going to re-traumatize them by asking them a question. Uh-huh. Typically, unless it's a question that doesn't hold curiosity and it's a statement. Yeah, right? if you if you go in there and say, "Hey, did you leave the church because you wanted to have sex with someone that the Bible said you couldn't?" That <laughs> might be a little much. <laughs> but if you go in and say, "Why did you leave your church?" Or maybe don't even ask it just like, "So like, you know, like that church we grew up in, how how about that, huh? How, how weird is or that? Or something like, do you have spiritual practices that are like bringing you joy right now? Um, yeah. Or you share, again, sharing from yourself is not, um, and 
I think sometimes we, I don't want to over, I don't want to, you know, dominate the conversation, but I think it's a, it's an okay place to say like his whole thing of saying in my experience is actually Mm. not the problem. It's the way that it was used. But I think if we, if we begin with, this is where I am at, you don't have to reveal Mm. too much again, reveal to the point where you feel safe and good. Mm. And then you invite the person in. Yeah. And I'll say like nine times out of 10, um, it's just, I mean, if you haven't talked to them in a while, maybe just reach out and say, Hey, how are you? Invite them to coffee. I'm just kidding. That's like, yeah. if you're not a church person, guys, that is like yeah. if any church person invites you to coffee. Yeah. It's like, and but you have to understand, though, if a nice man asks you to coffee um, mm. and he's not a Christian, he just means that he wants to get coffee with you. I'm usually afraid he's going to tell me something that I did wrong in my work. So, <sighs> I mean, I hope that people will continue to do that, Sarah, because as a woman, you need to be kept in your place, honestly. Oh, you're so right. Yes. Thanks for being curious about me. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Listen, I just try to be a biblical man, you know? Yeah. Just... I'm just over here being a Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. Submissive. Exa- no, just kidding. Um, but yeah. Laughs at the future. I always laugh at the future, mostly because <laughs> I'm just nervous because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Tallulah, reach out to your friend. What's the worst that can happen? Turns out that they're a churchy asshole. You know, no harm, no foul. Better to know. Yeah. And then also, like, you just, yeah, get curious. Like Jonathan Van Ness on this podcast. Let's just also, Jonathan Van Ness, I know you're not listening, but when you are listening, I love mm-hmm. you. Yeah, we all we all love you. I love you more than everybody. <laughs> I was on a date where a guy I was asking him about, like, deconstructionist things because I was fascinated that they would want to go on a date with me as a pastor. I was like, okay, well, what's wrong with you? And so like I sat there and I was asking him all these questions about like, so like your faith shift and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, no, not really. (laughs) Like he had zero angst about it. And I was like, I don't think we're going to (laughs) work. Wait, so his faith had not shifted? He wasn't? He's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Everyone seems upset about it. I don't really know. Yep. Well, so was he like still conservative or like what was his deal? I mean, that was the thing. I couldn't get to the bottom of it. He would not self-disclose. Maybe he, maybe Sarah, you were not a safe place for him. You know? I don't think I was. I Do you ever think, think like- you ever think, oh, okay, here's the other thing. I will say that you and me are, because this is like, wow. Yeah, you're about to say something really offensive. I can't mm, wait. Go. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not going to say it offensively. I'm going to, I'm. I'm I'm gonna select my words carefully. Uh, this is something that Prop, uh, Levon Proverbs Briggs said to me in an interview. She said that a lot of times that when you are free, your freedom will um, offend the people who are yeah. still bound. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. you know maybe your freedom offended him. Maybe he or maybe and like some people are just boring. That's another option too. Maybe he was just a boring guy. Yeah, it was the only time I've ever gone on a date from a app. And the second time I'd ever done that. Well, that um, I will say that there are a lot of really bad dates you're about to go on, Sarah. <laughs> I'm just going to let you have that. Um, well, on that note, I do have a question for the audience this week. So this new thing we want to try out, just to get a little engagement from everyone here, is we would love, if you're watching live, leave this in the comments. Um, and if you are listening later on Monday, um, please send us your answers to askyourfavoriteants@gmail.com. Question of the week is, uh, what are you doing about pandemic post-dating if you're a single person? 
Um, how are you getting back out there? What creative ideas right. do you have? And also, what uh, what's your non-negotiable? What's your thing that you're Ooh. not like, yeah. What's something you know that after last year, you're like, you know what, I am never going to go, like for me, my non-negotiable is I am not going to go on a date. I'm not going to date anybody who doesn't have a spiritual practice of their own. I just know for me, I need them to like be there. with. They don't need to believe the same shit I do. They just need to like, you know, get into that. And Jeff says it's a valid question for couples too. So yeah, couples. Oh, it's how are you guys going to be in the world now that you're adding people more, more people into your sphere? Mm-hmm. How are you going to maintain that connection you've gained if that's the thing that you've gained? Mm-hmm. Couples, how have you, how, did, how does your partnership look different post-pandemic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also discuss amongst yourself. We don't care. As single people, F off. I'm just kidding. I love oh, that woman. is not true. Most of my <laughs> humans in my life are partnered. Well, fuck them. Oh, whatever. Anyways, thank y'all. This is, um, we are now at the end of the show because we like to keep it around an hour um, before we get off the phone and then call each other literally on FaceTime afterwards so we can dissect what we did or something. Yeah, anyways, um, that's the end of our show. Sarah, is there anything you want to promote right now coming up in your life, things you're doing? I would just really like to say I want you to buy tickets for Wonderfully Made. Yes, um, boom, boom, boom. For the um, dates that I'm doing, but also just across the country. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited about that. Mm. Check out, um, working on a revamp of my work. RevSarahHeath.com is going to have a little revamp in the next couple of weeks. Cute, um, cute, cute. Get excited for the announcement next week about what, what's going on in my life. But Your extra thing that you can't say, but is mysterious and fun. Literally called as somebody series. who, as someone who signed the NDA, I think I signed mm-hmm. it. Did I sign the yeah. NDA? I told you audibly. Good enough. Anyways, I can tell you that it's very exciting. So, mm-hmm. so ready. yeah, just keep following me on. Thank you so much for all of you. I posted a thing about mental health and I've had a whole week of like people just being so great. Um, mm-hmm. It is really, it's been really a difficult thing for me to disclose having ADHD and OCD. Um mm-hmm. And the more people who have been really rad about it, I just super appreciate it. Like I had people contact me and tell me that, hey, I showed this to my kid who doesn't think they'll succeed because they have ADHD. Another one said, hey, my son has severe OCD. And now for the first time, I think maybe he'll have a life beyond it. So. Dang. See, and see this, Sarah, this is why I tell you all the time just to tell the truth about everything. Because like what's really embarrassing I know, Stop tweeting I your trying. friend and then having them text you. Is this about me? That's embarrassing. Okay, but the truth of the matter is, as a woman, I always was told I wouldn't be partnered if I was like not small enough to like, like a small enough thing that like. And the truth is, yeah, no one has ponied up to it. But the more I am me, the truth of the matter is, they never could have handled me before anyway. Mm-hmm. So, that's because you be couldn't. Even end. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Oh, this is a word for me. Like. People definitely couldn't handle me before because I couldn't handle me before. Mm. Mm. And now I can, okay. and I do with grace. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so what about you? What are some things you can promote as we sign off? Yes, um, please go buy tickets to Wonderfully Made. I'm going on tour across the country. You can go to thekevingarcia.com slash tour to find also out. Also cute merch. Lots of cute merch that is gonna coming out with that. Um, if you're watching this live, um, the sale ends tomorrow. So like, go get some merch at thekevingarcia.com slash merch. Uh, 
what's the other thing? Tour, merch, I, um, I'm doing this thing called the Summer Coven. And what that is going to be is a 90 day journey where you're gonna be working within a small cohort of people to work on your spiritual practice for an entire 90 days so that by the end of it, you are going to know how to do your spiritual life and how to teach it to other people. So that's at thekevingarcia.com. Click on Summer Coven, sign up today, space is limited. Um, I'm doing a series with the liturgists uh, where I am teaching on A Course in Miracles, Thursday nights for the next five more weeks. I started last night. Um, that's in the liturgist Good community. Good Lord, you've got so much stuff going on. Girl, I said yes to too much. Mm -hmm. Eat that spaghetti. All right, call me, FaceTime me. We love you. Make Thank good you. decisions. Thank call your you person. Take your meds. Shake call your, your ass. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Favorite Ants. If you want to send your questions, shoot us an email uh, to askyourfavoriteants at gmail.com. All submissions will remain anonymous unless you want us to drag somebody in public for you, in which case, I mean, like, spill the tea. <laughs> so send us your questions on relationships, spirituality, politics, deconstruction, etc., etc., all the things. And you can follow me across social media at Rev Sarah Heath. You can follow me across social media at the Kevin Garcia. My website's thekevingarcia.com. Mine's revsarahheath.com. And this has been a podcast that's a part of the Irreverent Media Group. So follow them and all of our great stuff at irreverent.fm. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Make, Make good, good choices. I love Thanks you. So much. I'll we see love you, you later. Bye. We're so proud of you. Oh, you're so beautiful.